Hey guys, in today's episode, we are going to be talking all about music festival lineups. Do they make or break a festival or are there more important factors that play an important role to a festival's success? Why can they be so polarizing sometimes? What goes into making an unforgettable lineup? These are all the questions we're going to answer and be debating in today's episode, so let's get into it. Welcome back to Raise Culture Cast, your weekly guide to the EDM community, music festivals, and more. I'm your host, Emma Capotis. Thank you all for tuning in this week. Happy Wednesday. I hope everyone's having an awesome week so far. Uh, I'm in an incredibly good mood. It's the weekend that I'm recording this right now, and I'm just feeling really good about today's topic. It's something I'm very excited to jump into today. This is going to be a solo episode, so you guys just have me, and we're going to be debating I feel like this is a hot topic. Um, It's something I've touched on festival lineups on the podcast before. It was a build your dream festival lineup. So today is definitely different than that. But before we get into everything and I introduce the topic, I just wanted to remind you guys to rate and review on iTunes. If you have a few seconds today, throw a couple stars. You guys can also subscribe on my YouTube channel, Emma Capotis. We have a Rave Culture cast playlist over there in case you guys want to watch the episodes and the interviews. And you can follow along on Instagram and on Twitter at Rave Culture Cast and at Emma Capotis. Alrighty, um, upcoming submissions that I am looking for. You guys, we have two today. So whichever one you feel like writing in for, I'm going to be doing an episode all about the most unforgettable rave and festival moments. So I want to hear your incredible stories, whatever you have to share. Um, That is going to be a really, really good one. And I can't, I feel like it's going to be very emotional and feelsy. So please send me an email about your most unforgettable rave and festival moments And then the second one is ground control confessions. So this one has been highly requested. A lot of people want to know what it's like to volunteer at a festival or be ground control. So if you guys have actually done this, please submit your stories, you know, any crazy things you've experienced, any unforgettable moments, and just let me know what it's like volunteering at a festival, whether you're in the medical program or you're ground control and you're walking around making sure people are okay. I'm sure you guys have seen a lot, so we want to hear about it. So again, you can send in submissions for either of these topics to raveculturecast at gmail.com. That is raveculturecast at gmail.com. Really looking forward to working on both of those episodes. Okay, so first up, we have our listener of the week. Thank you guys for sending in some new submissions. We were totally out of nominations. But uh, we got a couple here. So again, email me raveculturecast at gmail.com with anybody that you want to nominate for our listener of the week. It's just a shout out. I love to highlight you guys, our listeners. So this one is from at chuckles underscore Taylor. Hi, Charles. (laughs) I met him at the Eric Prids Hollow show, which was fucking awesome. But he is nominating his friend at Miss Chloe May. That's M-I-S-S-C-H-L-O-E-E-M-A-Y-Y if you guys want to follow her on Instagram. But he just wanted to say that she is really, really sweet. She's new to the American rave scene and she is abroad right now, but she's coming back to America this year, which is pretty cool. So Chloe, I really hope to meet you. I was very sad (laughs) that you weren't with us at Eric Pritz Hollow Show, but it was a very cool moment because Charles had candy on him that he traded with me. We just happened to bump into each other. He DM'd me before saying like Chloe watches my channel and everything we bumped into each other he hung out with my group the whole night and he traded me candy um I think it said miss you for oh it was something about she's abroad in England so it said hello from England or something like that and I didn't notice it until later at night and it like warmed my heart it was so beautiful so that was such a cool moment so Miss Chloe May you're a listener of the week uh thank you both so much for being a part of this family it's really cool so I'm really excited for you and I hope you get to come home soon All right, you guys ready to just get into this? Because I have so much to say. (laughs) So as I teased earlier, we are talking about festival lineups today. I wanted this to be like a good old-fashioned debate because... I don't know. There Obviously, there, there are just so many festivals at this point in the United States and abroad. And one of the most controversial things that surrounds them is the lineup and the lineup announcements. And there have obviously been so many dropping lately, especially because festival season is about to kick off. 
or, you know, it's kind of started a little bit, but March is when it really ramps up. I, I always consider Ultra as like the kickoff of festival season, but you do have some festivals, you know, in New Year's and everything. So anyway, I've just been seeing so much talk online. And of course, it's like Twitter and Reddit, but lineups can be very polarizing and people have a lot to say about them. So I just wanted to dig into it and see, you know, like, how much do they actually matter? Which ones are the ones that are important? What makes or breaks a good lineup? What do I look for in a lineup? Because at this point, I've been raving for almost nine years and I've been going to festivals for a little over five years. And I do go to a lot of festivals within the year, but there's a lot that I say no to and I have reasons for doing that and the lineup can be part of that reason. So I'm going to talk about what appeals to me in a festival lineup amongst many other things. So that's pretty much what we're covering today. You guys also sent in a bunch of emails with your opinions on this, so I'm going to be reading those at the end. Oh, and I forgot, I have a new segment to go along with EDM news now at the end of the podcast that we're going to be kicking off today. So stick around for the end of the episode to hear that new segment. So to start off, I kind of want to talk about why they're so polarizing and why festival lineup drops have become this thing and this big debate now on social media. I would I would say the first one that gave me the idea for this episode was when the Electric Forest lineup dropped this year because obviously Electric Forest is one of the biggest festivals in the United States. It sells out almost every single year. It's very loved by the Forest fam. I'm finally going for the first time this year. And I knew it was an eclectic lineup. Like, obviously, I'm into EDM, but I knew that Forest has, like, jam bands and, like, rock music, like, everything. It's kind of a mix. It's not really just an EDM festival. But because it was the 10-year anniversary, I think people were expecting a lot out of it. And a lot of the um, comments were about the headliners that they chose to go with. People weren't happy. And I was like, this is so fucking crazy. Like, people are going to talk all this shit about it, and they're still going to buy tickets, and it sold out in record time this year. (laughs) So clearly, the festival lineup was irrelevant. It didn't matter at all. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But it's just one of these things. Like, I feel like people just need something to complain about, and they're going to talk shit no matter what. And just because you don't know a lot of the artists on a lineup does not mean that it is a bad lineup. It just means you guys should just dig into some new music ask people for suggestions because that happens to me a lot. I'm much better now if I don't know the names, especially because I'm giving you guys recommendations and doing lineup reviews. I will go through the whole lineup and just check out new names that I don't know. There's And I found so many artists that I like now because of doing that. So for me at this point in my life, it's always an opportunity to discover new music. And there's nothing worse than going to a festival and then months later, you fall in love with an artist and realize they were fucking at the festival that you were at and you didn't know who they were at the time. Like that's the worst feeling ever because you miss the opportunity to see them maybe when they were like coming up. So do your research, like dig into a lineup just because you don't know a lot of the names or these like huge mainstream acts that you're obsessed with aren't on there doesn't mean that it's a bad lineup. Let's start there. The other thing I think is just you know, head- headliners definitely are, are make or break for some people. But again, it depends if you're just getting into the scene or you've been doing this for a long time. I feel like a lot of people would argue if you're way later in your like festival career, the lineup is not as big of a deal because you're going more for the experience. And I mean, at least that's how I feel with EDC Las Vegas, for example. I've been five years in a row. In the beginning, I was like living at main stage. All the major head headliners were the people we were the most excited for versus this past year. I think I was at main stage maybe two or three sets the entire weekend and I was living for like Stereo Bloom and Neon Garden, like some of the more underground artists or people that I have never seen before. That to me at this point is more exciting to me because I've seen so many people already. So if I've never seen you before, that's very enticing to me. I'm sort of skipping ahead (laughs) to what appeals to me about a lineup but anyway that's why I think they can be polarizing I think if people don't know a lot of the names they automatically assume that it's a shitty lineup which is not a fair way to assess a lineup and so much goes into picking a lineup like on the behalf of the event production company like I think people just think it's so easy to throw a lineup together and it's easy to sit there and criticize like why certain decisions were made but I feel like you just have to trust The producers who are putting everything together, like they picked certain people for a reason. 
and they most likely are trying to pick like a well-rounded group of artists and a mix of like people who are like legends and then upcoming artists like especially with Pasquale who runs Insomniac events I always trust the lineup that they put together so yeah I, I just think we should sort of like push back a little bit on all this like heavy criticism over lineups I understand people being disappointed I was disappointed in the Electric Forest headliners, especially looking at their previous ones. And it was only because they had some bigger like jam band and kind of chiller artists who like I'm not the biggest fan of. But again, I'm totally down to give them a chance. Like I think it was Flume, Big Gigantic, Disco Biscuits, it's Major Lazer, Diplo, Lewis the Child. So like a lot of people were mad that they had Diplo and Major Laser. I think both of those are going to be really fun. At first I was like, eh, nah, why? <laughs> but then when I thought about it, like Diplo's music like is ridiculous. It's so good. He can kind of do everything and I feel like he's going to put together a really good set. And believe me, I've criticized Diplo a lot in the past, but like his Higher Ground, Ground album is so fucking good. So if it's like that sort of music, I'm going to be really into it. And then, like, I'm not the biggest Flume fan, but that's a huge draw for other people. Like, I kind of was hoping for Elenium, or in the past they've had Above and Beyond, they've had Grizz. So, you know, it is what it is. I'm just so excited for the experience. But I can understand people being a little disappointed about somebody they were really hoping for. EDC Las Vegas this past year in 2019 didn't have Seven Lions on the lineup for the first time in years. And that like exploded the internet. People were flipping the fuck out. <laughs> but again, and Tiesto is not playing Ultra this year. I think it said in the first time in nine years or six years. It was a very long time. They have to mix it up. You can't have the same people play a festival lineup every fucking year. Like eventually they're going to need to take a break to let other people come in and have their moment. So just trust what these producers are putting on for their festivals and give it a shot before you just completely like rip something apart and also do your research. Those are the things I would say if you're somebody who's like in the more critical side of things. The next thing I really want to talk about because this is something I struggle with is festival FOMO and this is when a lineup drops that is very well received like people are like holy shit they did that like they put together a stacked fucking lineup and you automatically are like I have to go I have to go I'm gonna find a way to make it happen even if I don't have the money or I don't have the vacation days like this is a can't miss festival and it's something that may not work out like it may you're trying to force it to happen that happens a lot with me like I just re I see some of these lineups and I'm like, oh my God, like how could I miss that? Like I, ju I just have to go. And then I really sit and think about it and I'm like, okay, how many festivals have you gone to this point? How many other ones are you going this year? Is it a smart decision for you to add this to your schedule? Do you have the money to do this? Like I think you just need to weigh those balances because there will be more lineups. There will be more festivals. And I know it's some people will sit there and be like, no, they're not. Like, this is your one opportunity to go see this mix of artists. But I can tell you guys now, later into my career, there's going to be another festival with a stacked lineup. And I have sort of had to remind myself of that, that it's okay to have festival FOMO. You don't have to just like send it to everything. I got a lot of that feeling when I decided not to go to EDC Las Vegas this year. The lineup's not even out yet, but just in general with like festival FOMO, a lot of people were messaging being being like, it's its 10 year anniversary. How can you miss that? Like, this is a special thing. And I was like, there's always an anniversary. I was there three years ago when it was the 20th anniversary of EDC Las Vegas. Guess what? I'm pretty sure next year, it's either 2021 or 2022, is the 25th anniversary of EDC in general. So there's always an anniversary. I'm going to the 10 year anniversary of Electric Four. You know what I mean? Like this is what I'm trying to say. People will always give a reason to be like, oh, this is a can't miss event. But the festivals aren't going anywhere for the most part for the bigger ones. So if, if you're sitting there with right now feeling like this, like if you guys have a festival in mind that it's like killing you that you're not going, I promise you time goes very quickly. You can go the next year um, it might feel like you're missing out on like all this stuff, but there will always be another event is what I'm trying to say here. So as much as like a festival, like I felt that way with Ultra Miami this year, I already knew I kind of was 
most likely going to go and then they drop their lineup which to me was unmissable and in that case I was like okay that just solidified the deal but it was already sort of like in the works and then they dropped that fucking lineup and I was like oh hell yeah (laughs) I'm fucking going now but that's like all the stuff I have to say like initially here now I sort of want to get into my main question that I posed to you guys which is does the festival lineup make or break the festival like is that what makes it successful and I want to start off by saying I think the size of a festival plays a factor I think that's one of the most important factors here for example a smaller festival that may be in the first like three to five years like it's just coming up it's growing in popularity I think those types of festivals can benefit from a really insane lineup like that's what's going to draw the people in that's what's going to make people notice it for example ever after 2019 i had never heard of ever after it is a smaller primarily bass and dubstep music festival in canada which might be why it wasn't on my radar in particular because i'm not i don't live in canada and i'm not the biggest fan of like bass music But their lineup dropped and it was, oh God, Elenium, Kill the Snails. And then they also have like a house stage in particular, like on the one Saturday. And it was like Mala, Wax Motif, Chocolate Puma. So immediately this lineup caught my attention and I was like, what is this festival? Why have I never heard of this before? So that's one example of like that festival lineup sold me and I got tickets. Well, I didn't get tickets. I went with a media pass, but I wouldn't have heard of Ever After if it wasn't for that lineup drop and that didn't catch my attention on social media. Another case in point, I would say Ubby Dubby. Ubby Dubby, oh God, somebody just, I think it used to be called something, no, shoot, Aid was just telling me what it was called back in the day. Hold on, I got to look this up. Okay, I found it. Thank you, Vibe with Aid. It was called Something Wonderful before, which when she said that name, I was like, oh, no fucking way. I actually had heard of that festival, but again, I wasn't that familiar with it. So anyway, Ubby Dubby is a smaller festival that takes place in Dallas, Texas. It's my first time going this year. I could not be more fucking excited. Like I, side note, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. I love going to festivals for the first time, especially now. It gives me a chance to meet more of you guys. So like Texas fam, I'm fucking coming for you and I cannot wait. We're going to have some meetups and everything, but What sold me this year was the lineup. Honestly, let's be real here. Like, they killed it. It's got all my favorite artists on there, or most of them. Seven Lions, Elenium, Noizu is on there. Hold on, I want to look up the rest of the lineup because it was fucking sick. Yeah, it's got, like, Adventure Club, Camel Fat, Destructo, Dom Dalla, Io, Green Velvet. Oh, Griffin, hello, that's what sold me. Joyride, Cascade, Kyle Watson, Ella Stream, Lucy. God, so many people. Midas. Shibasan, Whipped Cream, Zomboy, Valentino Khan, Vanessa. Like, so this was the perfect case in point right here. It was on my radar, but for me, it's a two-day festival. Like, it's not something that I was thinking of investing my time and money into. And then that lineup dropped and I, like that was sold. So I, and Decadence Arizona was the last one I wanted to mention. This year was incredibly stacked, but I remember in particular last year, it was like Eric Prids, Skrillex, like it was insane. It was an insane lineup for a smaller New Year's Eve festival in Arizona. And from what I heard, that year was absolutely packed. I remember there was like chaos ensued during Skrillex's set because it was like a smaller tent that it was in. Like people were saying they might have oversold, oversold the festival. But anyway, I just think having a fucking insanely stacked lineup with major artists that people recognize for a smaller festival is a make or break factor. I think that it will matter and it will help their growth eventually or because people will just become more aware of it and be like, wait, what the hell? I never heard of this. How are they getting all these crazy artists? Last one I'll mention is Dance Festopia. Apparently this one's been around for a really long time. I'm just hearing of it in these last few months, but they dropped a lineup that was insane. And same for Escapade, which I'm selling tickets to through Pollen. Again, it just sometimes a lineup will catch your eye and that is the entryway into what makes the festival successful or have more notoriety if we want to weigh it that way. On the complete and utter flip side, massive events, and I'm talking like top tier festivals, Tomorrowland, EDC Las Vegas, Electric Forest, Ultra, Coachella, the lineup may not at be as important to the ticket sales. Some of these, mostly all of them besides Ultra at this point, I think, sell out 
instantly or within a day or a week so fast. The lineup is kind of irrelevant. It doesn't matter. The experience is what sells it. And I think the reputation alone is what sells the tickets. They're just they're just known. Everybody knows like it's something you want to hit. It's a bucket list item. It's really hard to get tickets. So that also helps them sell tickets because people are like ready to go the time that it drops like they're on the fucking website ready to buy tickets. So because these are more experience based, some of these are camping festivals. Some of these are international. So it's a much bigger trip. Like EDC Las Vegas is a huge fucking deal. That's like the biggest, arguably the biggest EDM festival, especially in the United States. So while the lineup is great, well, that's the other thing. You know the lineup's going to be good. So that's why they sell out instantly. Like Tomorrowlands, I couldn't even read their lineup drop because there are so many artists because it takes place over two weekends. Like you just know, you know, you trust that they're going to put something together incredible for you. It's not going to affect the ticket sales whatsoever. It's going to sell out. So and especially Coachella, like obviously that's a mixed genre festival, but just because it's Coachella and people want to go there, people want to be seen, they want to experience it. It's not going to affect it too much. So, you know, the lineup's going to be fire. It's not going to be the focal point, um, especially for something like Tomorrowland and EDC Las Vegas. Like, they're more than festivals. Like, Tomorrowland, I've been watching so many vlogs. It's like a mini city. There's 16 stages. Like, it's fucking crazy. There's restaurants there. There's a whole camping village. There's glamping. Like, it just looks like an overall experience. So, you know, a lineup isn't going to affect that in any way, shape, or form. All right, you guys, I'm going to take a really quick break here for a few announcements, and then I'm going to come back with more of my arguments. (laughs) Okay. Alrighty, you guys, I just wanted to remind you that I am promoting for several festivals through the Pollen app. I am a Pollen member, so we have a ton of really incredible deals. Um, A lot of them include discounted tickets, summer express entry. There's all kinds of different things. So I now have Electric Zoo tickets. The presale is out there. They're $10 off. I will be at Electric Zoo. I'm from New Jersey, so I never miss it since it's in New York City. It's one of my favorite festivals of the year. So I officially have those tickets, guys. DM me for those. I also have Ubby Dubby, which are $5 off. I have Phoenix Lights, Elements Lakewood, Lightning in a Bottle, Shaky Boots, Shaky Knees. I have Escapade, Voodoo Festival, so many more. So just DM me on Instagram at RaveCultureCast or at Emma Capotis, either one. I can get tickets for you, your friends. Feel free to send information around, but happy to set you guys up with those. And I will definitely be at some of these festivals. So I hope to see you guys there. And again, I just wanted to shout out our YouTube channel, Emma Capotis. Go over there and subscribe if you guys aren't subscribed already. And I think that's all I have. So let's get right back into the episode. Okay, so the next thing I wanted to talk to you guys about, which again, I've been saying this is going to be a full episode at some point because you know how I feel about this. (laughs) But I want to talk about mixed genre festivals because this is where we get into some hot water. To me, this is where a lineup can make or break a festival's ticket sales at least. Like I think all of these festivals are going to be successful and people love them. These are some fan favorites. But they're a different vibe than an EDM festival and some of these actually I think most of these don't sell out instantly like it takes way more time and I think it's because they're mixed genre so depending on who the headliners are like if it's a band or if it's a singer if people don't love them or aren't like dying to see them it might you know affect how fast the tickets sell out so for example you have governor's ball Lollapalooza, firefly hangout festival bonnaroo okeechobee just to name a few i left coachella out of this mix because that is the one instance where it's irrelevant like it's gonna sell out instantly but these are a few examples where i think if the lineup is like just okay it might not do as well um case in point firefly Firefly is a camping festival that takes place in Delaware. It's one of our few festivals in the Northeast over here. Because I'm closer to it, I have always wanted to go. I'm yet to attend it. But every single year, the lineup comes out and it doesn't speak to me. So then I don't buy tickets to it. And this this year I couldn't go because it's too close to Electric Forest. But the, the lineup this year like was like, okay, it wasn't that great. Last year actually wasn't that bad. Did my friends go last year? 
was either last year or the year before my friends went and I almost like sent it and did like an RV and stuff but it just was like eh, not my favorite it was okay governor's ball is the same thing that's in New York City um it's okay they changed some policies this year which make it really intriguing the lineup this year actually was really fucking fire and it's the 10 year anniversary so I am choosing to go after last year when I said I wouldn't be back I changed my mind because of the lineup so I really do think it can make or break a mixed genre festival same thing goes for Lollapalooza I've heard that it is a very similar vibe to Governor's Ball I haven't done it yet but it sounds like it's um, an all-ages event it's mixed genre it's in a city festival and I've heard it can be a mix of like brads and chads and then some people who are just hanging out some parents with their kids so you know don't knock it till you try it my brother went and had a really great time and I've never been to Chicago so like I'm not checking that off my list but it would have to depend on the lineup for me And I'm very honest. I know this might not be the most open-minded thing, but like I love EDM. I would be at the EDM stage most likely the entire time. That's just what I would choose to do. Of course, I like rappers. I like singers. Like every now and then I would pop around to see another set, but you're going to catch me at the EDM stage. That's just where I'm going to be. Let's be honest here. (laughs) Hangout Festival, for example, their lineup this year was fucking fire and I almost thought about sending it I have too much on my schedule and then it sold out so fast that I was like okay well that just made my decision for me now I don't have to decide (laughs) and it was because I think the lineup was so fucking good this year that one I actually will read to you guys because I thought it was a nice um mix and again it totally depends on like the type of artist that you guys are into but Hangout Festival became on my radar a couple years ago because one it's um it's in Alabama and it's on the Gulf Shores so it's kind of like a beach setting which I think is really cool and that's sort of adds to the whole element of it and it's in May so it's you know getting towards summertime and they always have a really good mix of like bands rappers and hip-hop and then some EDM artists and so I've thought about it in the past and then you know I'm kind of sad I'm not going this year but anyway some standouts to me Red Hot Chili Peppers Post Malone you guys know I fucking love Post Malone Billie Eilish that's probably why it sold out so fast. Marshmallow, Lana Del Rey, Kane Brown, Elenium, Lewis the Child, Cage the Elephant, Rainbow Kitten Surprise, Arl Grime. Oh, you have Phineas, which is Billie Eilish's brother. Uh, who else? T-Pain, Big Wild, <laughs> Tuvlo, Maddion was on here, Megan the Stallion. So some of these like singer-songwriters I don't know as well, but I thought there was a really good mix of EDM artists. Chelsea Cutler... Who else? Jai Wolf and Getter. Ooh, Snake Hips and Shalu. See, this is why I was thinking about going. Young Blood, Blunts and Blondes. Uh, Whip Cream is on here, which is really cool. I think that was probably it for. Oh, Elderbrook is a really good house artist, and Lucy and Latrell. There's a fuck ton of EDM on this lineup, honestly. Like enough that would fill up a full weekend. And I really like a lot of those rappers. So, case in point. This is, to me, a mixed genre festival that did a really good job. And they did get, like, they have Billie Eilish and Post Malone on there, which are arguably some of the biggest artists in the world right now. So they spent their money well. They did a good job. They sold out. So in that case, I think that they they did a good job curating what that lineup looked like. Um, Bonnaroo and Okeechobee, you know, those are going to be interesting ones. I'm not as familiar, but I know Insomniac just took over producing Okeechobee. So that'll be really cool to see what they do. do. Bonnaroo's lineup, though, is very eclectic and I think they kind of killed it. So that one's going to be exciting. I can't wait to see other people's like vlogs and hear how their weekend goes. But anyway, that's kind of my general thoughts on mixed genre festivals. I think that's the one area where it can fall into that the lineup really does matter much more than at some of these bigger EDM festivals where it's you're gonna go anyway so those are sort of my thoughts on that I also just wanted to mention that how a lineup is dropped is just like a bonus like to me that's like a little cherry on top if it's a little fun so case in point EDC Las Vegas like they do a mega mix every year on Night Owl Radio and they they usually do it I think it's on the yeah it's Thursday well this this episode will come out before oh yay guys okay so I do this every year I think this is my second or third year in a row it's my annual lineup reveal party I do a YouTube live stream during the drop and then we all guest together it's so much fun like I'll have my wine you guys bring your snacks bring your drinks whatever you want to do and I think it's at 
6 p.m. Pacific, so it's 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I have a live stream, and I pull up the Facebook video next to me, and as Pasquale plays a mix, basically he goes stage by stage at EDC Las Vegas, and they'll play very quick snips or like (laughs) snips very quick clips of songs it's so fast and that will let you know who's actually playing the festival it's a little game so we'll all sit there on the live stream and we'll guess together it's so much fun so definitely come check that out 6 p.m or 9 p.m depending if you're pacific or eastern time and it'll be a youtube live on thursday february 20th that's also the night before my birthday guys so it'll be an early birthday celebration too so definitely come check that out But anyway, I just think that's like a little bonus that Insomniac thought about doing that. It's so fun. It gets people involved. It gets people very hype because this is one of the biggest festival drops of the year. So I just think it's really cool. And again, EDC waits to announce their lineup after tickets are sold out, which I think is just so fucking crazy. I know other festivals do that, but it just blows my mind that it doesn't matter. It's not affecting the ticket sales at all. So I just wanted to shout that out because I think it's fun that they do that. Um, and some other festivals will will tease things on like social media, but there's none that I can think of that do anything really like similar to this. So the last thing I wanted to talk about, which I've kind of touched on throughout the episode, but this is what makes a festival lineup appealing to me personally as a festival veteran. (laughs) So of course, one of the first things I do when I'm scanning a lineup is I just want to see if any of my like top five, top 10 favorite artists of all time are on the lineup. So if I see an Eric Prids, if I see Seven Lions, if Oliver Heldens or Griffin or Kygo, you know, or Jaws are on the lineup, it just checks a box for me. I've seen them a bunch of times, but it checks a box for me. I'm like, okay, good. I know there's somebody that I absolutely love that's going to be there. To me, of course, how much EDM is on the lineup affects it again like if it's a mixed genre festival they would really fucking have to kill it with the overall mix but if it's like an ultra or an edc um or an ww or whatever it is and it's solid edm you know obviously like we're, we're off to a great start there uh, i would say any special performances or back-to-back sets are a huge selling point this is becoming more and more popular on lineups i want to say It was EDC Las Vegas, but in general, Insomniac, who started the popularity of that, like not that long ago, they were putting some back-to-backs on the EDC EDC lineup, and people were like, holy shit, this is so cool. They're rare. That's what's exciting. They're more rare. A lot of these DJs are friends, so there's just sort of an energy and a spontaneity to the set that you won't always get the opportunity to see these people playing together, and sometimes they'll bring on more friends or more artists. So it's just like a special appearance and I think it's really cool. I now see other festivals doing the exact same thing. So I feel like these back-to-back sets are growing in popularity. Ultra killed it with the back-to-backs and their lineup this year. The Jaws back-to-back nightmare set. Are you kidding me? I'm gonna die. I'm so excited. I'm not missing that. There's also a slander back-to-back Kazo, which is huge. There was like a B3B with Carl Cox. Like it's insane the back-to-backs they put back-to-back and b3b's that they put on the lineup so very appealing to me very excited about that on that note I would also say any rare appearances or reunions so if there is an artist on the lineup that maybe just took a break for a while and is coming back something like that obviously is really huge and exciting Skrillex is making his rounds this year he took a couple years off of touring So he's like a huge name that people want to see. I also think immediately of Swedish House Mafia's return to Ultra. And then Skrillex was a surprise set at EDC Las Vegas this year. It's just something that like it builds the hype. Because some of these cases you don't necessarily know that they're playing the festival. So it won't really affect you buying a ticket or not. You'll find out like the weekend of. But there will be some things teased ahead of time like I feel like everyone knew it was going to be Swedish House Mafia because there was just so much stuff leading up to it we found out that it was Skrillex during EDC weekend which is why like that stage was so fucking packed but there's just something that like it just builds a hype around it Cascade also played a surprise sunrise set at EDC so I just feel like a rare appearance or a reunion of some sort is a huge selling point or if it's somebody that you 
does not tour regularly and you finally get to see them really really big and the last thing I think that's most important to me is new and up and coming artists that I'm excited about so it's two things I talked about it before it's either I just start listening to new names on a a lineup that I had never heard about and I really like their music and that gets me hype I'm like oh I didn't even know who this person was and now I get to go see them and see what they're all about that's exciting to me and then it's also like some artists that I've found however like discovered them and like I'm completely obsessed with but I've only known them for a couple months and then I find out I get to see them at a festival that's really appealing um I would say Io is a perfect example of that I became familiar with him in 2019 he just like completely exploded onto the scene and then he played a couple festivals so my first time seeing him was edc las vegas he was playing the first set at like 7 p.m we literally went and got there early just to see him and he had like a packed house and it was such a good set i was so excited and now i've seen him at edc orlando and i'm seeing his tour coming up soon and he'll be at ubby dubby so yeah new and up and coming artists is something really cool and again if If there's somebody that I really love and I get to see them for the first time, huge selling point. Um, One other example would be Kyle Watson, who's playing at Ubby Dubby and Lucy. I've never seen Lucy and I've been really into her. So those two artists um, I'm looking forward to very much on the Ubby Dubby lineup. And uh, I would say for Ultra, there are some really big techno artists and some women, Amelie Lenz, Anna really really pumped to see their sets so yeah anybody that I've never seen before is really appealing to me so I would say those are like all of the factors that sell a lineup to me Alrighty, you guys I'm just gonna take a super quick break here and then we are gonna get into your emails to end off the episode Alrighty, you guys, just a reminder, I would absolutely love it if you guys would subscribe and follow the podcast on whatever streaming platforms you guys are listening to. And please, if you have some time, go rate and review on iTunes. Uh, It really helps people discover the podcast. So I appreciate you guys doing that. And of course, please, please make it your Instagram stories today. Tag at Rave Culture Cast and at Emma Capotis in it. I'll always reshare you guys. But yeah, word of mouth is the best way to get this podcast out there so send a link to someone today and spread the word Alrighty, that's all i've got let's get back into the episode all right you guys so let's see what you have to say about festival lineups i have a bunch of emails here i didn't read any of them ahead of time because i'm the worst (laughs) okay but this one is from maddie it says hey emma my name is maddie and i'm a huge fan of the podcast and super excited to be writing in on this topic your podcast is honestly what gets me through my work week i love hearing all of the edm news and listening to the new topics about the culture i love most each week yay that's so awesome thank you Ooh, i also love hearing about amazing people in the rave community through your listener of the week segment that's awesome people really be out here doing amazing things and radiating positivity and plur throughout their daily lives they really fucking are it's amazing okay So her take on whether or not festival lineups really matter. She says, I truly think it depends on the festival. Obviously, the diehard Forest, Rue, EDC, Lost Lands, etc. fams are going to continue going back to festivals they love most regardless of the lineup solely for the environment. Like, for example, me personally, I am a diehard Bonnaroovian. I absolutely love the environment where I'm standing on that farm. I love the people that I come in contact with. There is always going to be music that I'm already a fan of, even if I'm not in love with the overall lineup. And even then, who doesn't love discovering new music and new artists? I think I will continue going to Bonnaroo each year, regardless of the lineup, because I love the environment and the magic of the farm. You experience something different each year, but being back on the farm will always feel like home to me. With that being said, diehard festival fans will continue going to festivals they love regardless of the lineup just because the festival feels like home to them and they truly love being in that environment. I could not agree more. That is exactly right, 100%. She said, for example, I've never been to Electric Forest, but I have been dreaming of going one day. This year, unfortunately, I really loved the lineup, but I wasn't able to get tickets. But if I didn't like the lineup that dropped this year, I wouldn't have even attempted to purchase tickets to Forest because I want my first Forest to be filled with music and artists that I love. So I truly think whether or not lineups matter at festivals truly depends on whether or not you are a diehard fan of the festival or it's your first experience. Thanks so much for creating such an amazing place for everyone in the rave community to connect and share our interests. Thanks, girl. That's an awesome. I totally agree. I wish I mentioned Lost Lands before. Sorry, guys. I left that one out Um, because I do agree. I feel like Lost Lands is another one that because it's 
arguably going to be one of the biggest bass and dubstep festivals, that lineup is irrelevant too because you know it's going to be amazing. Ooh, okay, this next one is from Manny. Hi, Manny. He's a friend of the pod. (laughs) He said, hey, Emma, been going to EF for the past six years, and I have to admit that a lineup can definitely be a driving force for many people's decision on going. However, I realize that the longer you're in the scene, the more artists you've already seen a million times. That's why someone who is still relatively new or exploring their taste in music might say that, yes, it does matter. For me personally, I would say it only has a 30 to 40% impact on my decision making because ultimately it's who you have around you, your friends, that make a festival that much more special. Your Chicago Shuffler Manny. Love it, Manny. I agree. I, d- I think a lot of it depends on who, like your group for sure. That, that kind of sucks though because what if like the majority of your group isn't a fan and you are like I wouldn't want that to affect the decision of whether you guys go like if you're a fan and your friends aren't go to the festival solo (laughs) 100% okay this one's from Amanda says hey Emma love your podcast and can't wait to listen to this episode in my opinion it depends on what festival you're talking about if the festival is a super impressive experience like eForest EDC Las Vegas tomorrow world RIP or Mysteryland, also RIP then for me the lineup doesn't matter I buy the tickets the moment they go on sale and I'm committed and excited for the experience of the festival alone and if the lineup is amazing that's just the cherry on top however for festivals like Moonrise or even Izu it's not so much an immersive experience that makes you feel like you've been transported to a different world and these festivals I would wait to buy tickets until I knew what the lineup was with all this said I do believe the lineup does affect ticket sales no matter the festival because there is a vast amount of people who solely go for the lineup For example, Mysteryland was supposed to happen for a fourth year, the lineup was announced, and a lot of people were unhappy, and unfortunately, that beautiful and amazing festival was canceled, never to return again. Thanks so much for reading my submission. Much love, Amanda. That's a really good point. Thank you for bringing that up. I didn't know that history with Mysteryland. I did, obviously, I knew, like, it went away, but I guess, yeah, in that case, when it hasn't reached Tomorrowland status, it yeah if the ticket sales plummet and no one's interested then they are kind of fucked at at that point i'm gonna go look up what that lineup was for that last mystery land but i definitely do agree with you okay this next one is from devin says hey emma i think for larger festivals like edc tomorrowland eforest and others the lineup isn't the most important aspect of the festival there are other things to consider art installations activities the community of people if a festival is very small and only offers music This is when a lineup will have some merit whether or not I'm going to purchase tickets. I also love finding new artists. So lineups with all artists that I know are not the deciding factor for me personally. I look at the complete list of areas of the festival to decide if I'm going to go, which are ticket pricing, traveling, how far is it from my location, can I drive or do I need to fly, taking time off work, and the lineup. Best wishes at Positively Palmgren. Devin Palmgren. Thank you, Devin, for that. You worded that absolutely perfectly. I think that's exactly what it is. We talked about it before. A small festival, 100% a lineup can make or break it, but these bigger ones that are experience-based and have other things to keep you interested, it doesn't matter as much. But you are 100% right. Ticket pricing is a huge factor. I think I could be wrong. If you Let me know. Comment on YouTube if you guys agree with me. I think Ultra's ticket pricing is why it hasn't sold out yet. I still think it's ridiculous. Over $500 is fucking ridiculous. EDC Las Vegas isn't even that much in the beginning. So to me, their lineup is insane, but it's not sold out because it's so expensive. So that's definitely a huge factor. And I agree. Taking time off work and traveling as well. Okay, this next one is from Carolina. It says, hey, Emma, loving the podcast. Keep up the amazing work. So for me personally, festival lineups do not matter that much. For example, there are two pretty big festivals near my hometown in Germany that I go to every year no matter what because it's super convenient and I just love the vibes. However, when there's someone really special on the lineup, I get extra hype. For example, Fisher is coming and it's his only confirmed set in Germany so far. So, oh my God. (laughs) I do, however, have a friend who gets into a really bad mood when he doesn't know or enjoy the music he then puts his headphones in and starts listening to his own music at a festival such a mood killer honestly probably not going with him anymore looking forward to the episode love caroline that's fucking crazy i can't believe he puts his own music in bitch have an open mind that is so fucking crazy thank you for your email though caroline 
This next one is from Mike. It said, hey, Emma, here are my thoughts on this topic. For me, festival lineups really matter depending on what the festival itself has to offer. What I mean by that is if the festival has a lot of fun activities and areas outside of the music aspect, then the lineup won't affect my attendance. Two examples are EEC and eForest. They have rides, art cars, art installations, highly decorated areas, and other activities that make those festivals special. It pains me to use this example because this festival is basically in my backyard and I've attended the last three years, but Electric Zoo is one of those festivals where I want the lineup to be good. In my opinion, there's not much else Izu has to offer besides the DJs, and Izu keeps getting more expensive every year, but that's another conversation. And that's from at Mike.T94. Mike, I completely agree with you and 100% correct on the Izu uh, getting more expensive. Um, Izu to me, like... Some people disagree. I know they had some issues this past year with Soundbleed and stuff, but Izu's production has been getting better, and I feel like they have been having good lineups. But I do agree. You're kind of going to Randall's Island, and you just have the four stages, and that's pretty much it besides, like, obviously you can hang out and eat. There's always good food, but there aren't rides. There aren't other things to do. So, yes, I think those other things are a factor. Okay, this email is from Peter Cottingham. He said, hey, Emma, thanks for another great episode this past week. As far as the question, does the lineup matter goes, I think it really depends on the festival. Some festivals like EDC, Ultra, Lost Lands, you don't care so much about the lineup because you know you can expect an amazing experience regardless because there is so much more than just the acts playing there. There is a whole energy vibe, theme production, etc. that is just as important as the lineup. And usually if you buy tickets prior to seeing the lineup for a festival like this, then you likely trust the lineup will also be fire in general. I think in contrast to that are festivals like Moonrise or Spring Awakening that really don't have much to offer in terms of an overall experience or vibe like Lost Lands or EDC. They really just have the essentials. That being said, Moonrise and Spring Awakening always have fire lineups and I've gone to both of them because of that. So long story short, depends on the festival. Great to the point. Totally get where you're coming from. Okay, I think we only have a few more emails on this. Any more lineup emails? This is why I should go through them beforehand. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I think there's like three more. So this one's from Darlene. It says, hey, Emma, I've bought festival tickets several times before the lineup even drops, and there have also been times where I wait for the lineup to come out, and then I make my decision to go to the festival or not. When I first started raving, I felt like the lineup mattered more to me because I didn't know many artists. So to me, it didn't make sense to attend the event, even event if I had no idea who was performing. Now that I've expanded my EDM music library, I can't wait for a lineup to come out before purchasing a ticket to attend. For Nocturnal Wonderland last year, I decided to attend because I had never been to that festival and once the lineup dropped, I only knew about six artists that were playing over the course of two days. I wasn't upset by this because I chose to attend the event to experience it at this particular venue, which was Glen Helen Park. Totally agree with you. That's an iconic venue. At Nocturnal Whoa, I can't talk. (laughs) At Nocturnal, I fell in love with Dubstep because I saw Black Tiger, Sex Machine, and Zomboy. So overall, I think it's okay to go to an event even if you don't know that many artists that are performing. This is what allowed me to explore stages without worrying. If I would miss my favorite artist set and in return, I discover new artists that I like. I feel like for baby ravers, lineups are make or break. Once you become a veteran, you go to an event for the overall experience instead of trying to cross off who you wanted to see at a festival. I feel like other factors such as the venue matter more, especially in SoCal. If I see at least five of my favorite artists or an artist I want to cross off my bucket list on a lineup, I'll probably go attend the event. I'm going to Beyond Wonderland for the first time this year and there are a bunch of artists I want to see. Set times are not out yet, but I'm hoping the rave gods have done me a favor. Wishing you the best. I love that. Have so much fun at Beyond Wonderland. Great example of Nocturnal Wonderland. That's the perfect, perfect example because that was apparently it was supposed to be the last year that it was going to be at this iconic venue, the Glen Helen Park. Because of Pasquale's recent State of the Union address, which I'll talk about in a second, it may be returning one more time. But I agree with you. I would have gone to it just to experience it one more time at that venue. Okay, last few emails here. This one's from Michelle. It says, hey, Emma, love all your videos. Been watching for a while now. For me, lineup is very important as that's the only reason I will go to a show or festival. For me, it's less about the party. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a party pooper. And more about seeing my favorite artists. Just recently, I bought pre-sale tickets for Ever After since I had such an amazing time last year, and although I was always aware about Escapade Festival in Ottawa, I had never considered going. It's a little further for me, and usually it's just an okay lineup. Well, this year after they announced the Escapade lineup for me, my personal music taste, it was the best 
lineup ever. Hello, Lenium, Seven Lions, Wooly, and Trifecta. So much so that I decided to sell my Ever After tickets and go to Escapade instead. Holy shit. I also think a good li- good lineup can make or break how successful a festival is. Escapade, for instance, has already sold out, whereas last year it only sold out, I believe, a couple days before the festival started. So clearly others think the lineup this year was fire and it sold out super fast. This is also just Canadian festivals that I'm talking about, and I think the highly anticipated festivals sell out regardless of lineup because more people go for the experience, and the lineup is just a bonus. Canada, it's all about the lineup, as the production is not nearly what it is in the States. I would probably agree with that, but I've only done one. I've also heard Shambhala, Shambhala, I feel like is one of those that would definitely go into the category of like an EDC or Ultra and Tomorrowland as far as people just go for the experience. So anyway, she said, in a nutshell, I think for Canadian festivals, lineup is way more important than in the States. Hope to meet you at a festival one day. Have a good year. Thank you so much, Michelle. I really appreciate having a different perspective and opinion because I wouldn't have thought to talk about the difference in Canadian festivals versus the United States. So I really, really appreciate that. That's awesome. Uh, I think that's it. Wait, let's see. Yeah, you guys. Okay. That's all of everyone's feedback. Thank you all so much for sending in emails about this. I really, really enjoyed talking about this topic. Um, just to wrap up before we get into EDM news, I think I think we covered everything. So in general, I would say, guys, if you're just getting into the scene, everyone goes through this. Like, let's not knock our rave babies here. Try to open your horizons. And I would suggest for any of you going to festivals soon, I know you're going to have your people that you want to hit But don't be stressed if you miss them because if they are a mainstream artist, they're going to play at multiple festivals. Try and go see someone you've never seen before or go to one of the smaller stages and check out somebody else. And when a lineup comes out, before you hit send on some nasty ass tweet, look into the lineup. Because if you don't know, if you only know five artists, then maybe you need to discover more. That's not the festival's problem. That's your problem. So go and like discover some new music or ask. I love when you guys comment like, who should I know? I will so quickly send you guys suggestions of people you should check out. Just let me know what genres you guys are into. So anyway, festival lineups, it depends on the size of the festival, the reputation of the festival. For some people, it's make or break, but I think for the most part, some of these festivals have an overall incredible experience that is the selling point. So those are all my thoughts on everything. I'm going to take a super quick break here, and then we will get into EDM news and the new segment. All right, you guys, EDM news. We have a lot to cover here. Um, The first thing I wanted to say, I'm a little behind in recording, so this is kind of not new news, but Above and Beyond announced that they are coming out their third acoustic album and accompanying tour i'm at this point i'm pretty sure tickets are all on sale um the uk sold out i'm not sure how new york city sold yet but they are going to a few places the uk dc nashville tennessee cleveland ohio toronto new york boston chicago dallas austin utah berkeley california la and the colorado symphony in Morrison, Colorado. So if tickets are still on sale, 10 out of 10 recommend. Their acoustic albums are really cool and it's like an experience you won't see very often. Um, So that is really, really exciting. I'm a huge Above and Beyond fan. I didn't get tickets to the New York show yet. I gotta go look, but hopefully there are still some left. Wait, they updated it. Uh, One of the Chicago shows sold out, but they added a second and they added a second to Berkeley, California. All in the UK is sold out. That's so fucking crazy. Okay, before we get into the heavy Pasquale and EDC Las Vegas news, a couple more things. Like I mentioned before, Electric Zoo 2020 announced their theme, which is Supernaturals, which is honestly fire. I'm really excited for this because Izu for so many years was like just a different animal theme and they would like have a different animal like as the main stage design. And then this past year was Electric Zoo Evolved and it was a re- I loved main stage. It had like these big LED screens. It was really cool. I like that they're venturing away from the whole animal thing. So when they announce Supernaturals, I feel like the stage design is going to be really cool for this. So I'm excited. It says Area 51 raids Randall's Island, New York City with the Supernaturals. And it is, again, Labor Day weekend, September 4th to the 6th. Super excited. I'm definitely going to be there. So can't wait for that. And then one other thing, oh, What's So Not announced that he is taking a break from music, which I know a lot of his fans were not happy to hear. Um, He is really great live. I think he's playing some more 
shows and festivals still so if you guys can go out and see him i would 10 out of 10 recommend hold on i want to read his note so he posted this on twitter on february 5th it said i'm taking a break most of you have seen and heard about the devastation that's taken place in australia it has me thinking about what really matters in this world in this life I've done something like 400 shows in the last three years. It's been exhilarating and fun, but I'm taking some time to reset, time with family and friends, time to craft and capture everything I've been thinking about and feeling. I want to pull myself out of the routine of it all and make sure everything I do is 110%. There will be a few scattered shows announced around the world focused on being special and fun, but for the most part, I'm going to be offline this year. I have one record planned shortly but this will be it for me for a little while. You can catch me here every now and often. Much love. See you soon. So again, it's just really a bummer to see another artist who needs time off, but like 100% take care of yourself. And I think mental health is huge. And I think it's really important to like take a step back because the grind of these artists and DJs, it's just so intense and they play so many shows. I could not imagine living on a plane like what they do. So 100% like support out to him, love to him. And hopefully some of you guys who are fans can catch him at some of his last few shows here. So our last and most important announcement, guys, is okay, two things. The first one I wanted to talk about was Pasquale Rotella, who is the owner of Insomniac. His uh, state of Insomniac address that he posted just a few days ago and then simultaneously I want to talk about the EDC Las Vegas theme which just dropped which I'm very pumped about so Pasquale posted this on Instagram it's a couple posts so there's a few things to go over here he said the state of insomniac update oh also just want to say I really like the format he did this in I feel like he is like the president of the EDM community and I like that he told everyone like what's going on so he said as we head into 2020 the insomniac team and I continue our mission to bring people together through memorable experiences while spreading positivity around the world there are so many exciting things to come this year and I wanted to share some of those highlights with you so first things first EDC Las Vegas For the first time ever, we will be using the entire Speedway interior for our festival footprint. I'll be revealing the theme for this year's show this week, which is out, and we'll be dropping the lineup through a special Music Through Music episode of Night Owl Radio next Thursday, February 20th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Stay tuned. Again, come out to the YouTube live stream for that. (laughs) So what that means, guys, so this past year, if you guys went, they expanded the festival. They used more of the space. So if you look at a map from like a head, uh, not a head, if you look from like a bird's eye view of the festival, there was a section that was always reserved for like all these different trailers and like artist area and like the stages and nobody could go back there. They opened up some of that this past year. So Neon Garden, Quantum Valley and Circuit Grounds had way more room So he's saying even further than that, they're using the entire raceway, the entire thing. So be forewarned if you're going. It takes a lot of time to walk from one end to the other end, especially with the crowds. So bring comfortable shoes because you'll be walking a lot. (laughs) But also it means that the stages will get bigger and there's more space for activities and art installations. So very excited for all you guys who get more space this year. Okay, EDC Worldwide. He said 2021 will be the 25th year of EDC. Over the next few months, we'll be announcing multiple new destinations as we continue to take EDC around the world and grow our amazing headliner community. Expect a year-long celebration as we commemorate the milestone in our history and culture. I'm the most excited about this announcement, guys. Where else is EDC going to go? Because I want to travel internationally. So if they put EDC in like way more crazy places, I would love that. And I know that this is in the graveyard, but Pasquale, if you're listening, please bring back EDC New York. The East Coast needs some more insomniac loving. And while I didn't love the City Field venue it was in when I went, um, we really do need an EDC in the Northeast. So I would love to see EDC New York come back. He also said Nocturnal Wonderland. This is a big one. Our new site isn't quite meeting the high expectations we have for our headliners. So right now I'm weighing two options. Skip this year's edition entirely and plan for 2021 or have it go back to Glen Helen for the 25th year. I want to know what you guys decide, so I will be putting a poll up on my IG soon to see what the vibe is. I have a feeling everyone is going to vote to have it back at Glen Helen, which again, now I'm like, shit, I would really love to experience Nocturnal at like its iconic location. But anyway, Insomniac Passport. 
This program has an amazing, had an amazing inaugural year in 2019. This year, we're going to be expanding the program further and we'll continue to enhance our lounges and amenities we offer our members. Thanks to everyone who signed up and keep sending the feedback. EDC Orlando. Last year, we added a third day to EDC without increasing our ticket prices. Our goal is to keep those prices similar this year and continue enhancing our EDC experience. Orlando has grown to 75,000 headliners a day. I can't wait to return to Sunshine State. Me too. Beyond Wonderland, Pacific Northwest. It's been nearly a decade since Beyond Wonderland Seattle, but this year's Beyond Wonderland will return to the Pacific Northwest. I can't wait to go down the rabbit hole with all of you details coming shortly. So excited for that, you guys. I wonder if they're going to put it at the gorge. A lot of people have been spreading rumors that maybe he's going to put it there. Okay, the Nas Event Center. The Nas has been home to Insomniac events since the early 90s, and I'm excited to announce that we'll be making changes to the venue for each event we host there, starting with an expanded footprint for Beyond SoCal that begins that brings us into the racetrack for the first time in a decade. Whether you're going there for Beyond, Escape, or Countdown, unique new environments await you. That is so exciting. For any of you guys who live in SoCal, very happy for you guys. Health and wellness. Enacting more extensive wellness programs is very high on my list for 2020. Mental health is a major concern for our community and the world, and I'm creating initiatives that will help implement care, not just at our events, but all year round. Love that. Sustainability. In 2019, we poured almost 63 million ounces of waters at the refill stations at all of our major festivals. That's the equivalent of under 4 million single-use plastic water bottles. We're also exploring solar options to power Insomniac's festival stages, and we'll be using biofuels to power our generators at certain shows this year. We have also hired a full-time sustainability manager who will focus exclusively on green initiatives and ways in which we can lessen the impact on our planet. Simply put, we need to do more, and we will. I love this. Lastly, um, oh, wait, Insomniac Limited, which is their fashion line. He said this year they're going to be announcing multiple pop-up Insomniac Limited shops, including one at EDC Las Vegas, which is so cool. You'll be able to get all of our lines as well as exclusive drops. The first one will be here in LA, and the goal is to have their own standalone store in 2021, which is so cool. Okay, looking ahead, there are many more announcements coming, including new festival locations, clubs, and partnerships, so stay tuned. I'm proud of what we've achieved as a culture, and I'm grateful to all the headliners who have taken the journey with us. I'm so excited for Pasquale and the Insomniac team. I couldn't love them more, and I feel like they're doing incredible things for the community and pushing rave culture even further and further. So I'm so excited for their expansion. Last thing I want to talk about here is EC Las Vegas. The theme dropped yesterday. So you guys, As some of you know, the EDC Las Vegas theme obviously is like what the whole festival sort of is about and like, I don't know, it's just like the whole energy of the festival and usually the main stage design, well not usually, the main stage design is designed around this theme and it's been really incredible things in the past, kinetic energy, kinetic field, kinetic temple, just to name a few things, the kinetic Gaia was beautiful. So this year, very exciting to announce that it is the kinetic zen. In our hyper-connected world, it's easy to get distracted from making time to care for our mind, bodies, and things that feed the soul. In 2019, we harnessed the collective intensity of our culture at Kinetic Field when we debuted Kinetic Energy. This year, as we celebrate mindfulness with Kinetic Zen, anything that fuels our focus and helps us achieve balance is our Zen. For some people, that could be dancing, working out, going for a bike ride, or a long drive, or just chilling on the beach and taking in a beautiful sunset. I've always tried to encourage headliners to live in the moment and be present. I need reminders for myself every day. Life is full of opportunities for reflection, and in those moments we can visualize the world we want to create for ourselves and for each other. I'm grateful and excited to celebrate this journey with you all. See you soon. And that is it for EDM News, you guys. Okay, you guys, we made it to the end of the episode. My voice is killing me. (laughs) I don't think I drank enough water today. But okay, our last segment really quickly. I wanted to incorporate more music into the episode. And while I can't exactly play songs because they're copyrighted, I want to give you guys my new music obsessions at the end of the episode. So what I have been playing religiously, I've been obsessed with these songs. So every week you'll get my music of the week. And If you guys didn't know, follow me on Instagram at Emma Capotis. Every Friday morning, I do New Music Friday, and I have an accompanying playlist on my Spotify page. So there's a playlist right now, New Music Friday, for February 2020. 
I'm always uploading it every single week so you'll have new stuff so anyway I have what four yeah I have four things I wanted to recommend today these are songs or EPs or albums whatever that I've been fucking obsessed with so I want to start off with um Baby Boy by Volick love that song really dancey house music like I just can't I don't know the bass line in it it's so fucking good it's a vibe so like that's a good like pre-game song or if you're like dancing down the street going to work um look that one up Baby Boy by Volick uh, I'm also obsessed with 1990, which is Cascade and Bro Hugs' new song. Guys, it's like, it's a little nostalgic. It's got the song like, I've got the power, that song. It's like a kind of remix of that song. Um, and the drop is insane. So I love that one. That one's really fun and upbeat too. Uh, I Can't Stop Playing Blue Monday by Above and Beyond. I, I'm i praying to God they drop it in their ultra set because I'm going to lose my shit. But they've been playing it in their sets throughout the year and they finally released it as a single. So good. It's just like it's a remix of a song. But um, yeah, it's just great lyrics. It's a good classic song that they did a nice remix of. And the drop at the very end of the song like blows my fucking mind. So we love that. And lastly, Io's new EP, Energy 444, which is an angel sign. If any of you guys know what that is, when a number is repeated three times, which is side note Aiden and I have been seeing angel signs everywhere I'm sure none of you care about this but if you see like 222 333 444 in a row a lot it's like angels sending messages to you and they all mean different things anyway I'm obsessed with this stuff so Io's new EP energy if you guys are into techno and you really like him you'll love that so those are my new music song recommendations for the week you guys let me know your feedback on that you can email me raveculturecast at gmail.com with any feedback and of course send in submissions for the unforgettable raven festival moments and for the ground control confessions lastly you guys thank you so much for listening please go rate and review follow subscribe at raveculturecast and at emma capotis check us out on youtube And I hope you all have a beautiful week and a great day. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next Wednesday with a new episode. Peace.